Hello and welcome to the new episode of Fintech Scotland podcast. Today is going to be a bit different, different because we are going to speak about space. Yes, the space as in the immensity that surrounds the earth. Um, and you might think what space has to do with fintech and the financial services sector more generally. And that's, uh, that's a good question. And at Fintech Scotland, we're asking ourselves the same question all the time. And in fact, we're asking both the fintech sector and the space sector how increased collaboration between the two can drive more innovation. More specifically, we want to understand how new data made available by Earth observation can enable new innovation. As we transition to a more sustainable future, how can data technology innovation help drive and accelerate the inside products and services to enable the changes needed to achieve net zero? And in that context, Scotland, as we know, has built significant experience in space and in fintech. So bringing the two together really makes sense to create opportunity for new research innovation and new innovations. So to speak about this today, I'm delighted to be joined by Peter Young. Peter is CEO at Global Surface Intelligence and co-founder of the Scottish Space Leadership Council. Good afternoon, Peter, and thank you for being with us. Ah, good afternoon. Pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. No problem. And I'm also joined by my colleague, Kirsty McKenna, Innovation Program Manager at Fintech Scotland, who will tell us a bit more later on about some of the initiatives we have going on in the cluster. Uh, Kirsty, thank you for joining us. How are you? Good afternoon, Mikhail. I'm good, thank you. Fabulous. So without further ado, let, let, let's make a start, I guess. And Peter, uh, first of all, so people understand who you are, I was wondering whether you could tell us a bit more about global surface intelligence, uh, what it is and what, what what's the purpose, really? Sure. A classic uh, startup in the space industry. We're, we're in the what we call the downstream sector, Mikhail, which is involved in the uh, acquisition of data and the dissemination of data. Um, and we, we uh, Global Service Intelligence has been going for about eight years, nine years since 2013 in Edinburgh. Like a lot of startups, it takes a wee bit of time to really focus and find out where, where you are and what you're going to focus on. And we, we were no different first three or four years of our company was around R&D and innovation using what we call remote sensing, I think more, more probably better known as earth observation and the combination uh -huh. of the remote sensing with machine learning and artificial intelligence. That was where the first research was done. Then the question was, how do we apply that? Having done that research and innovation, how do we apply that? in what sort of area. And what we focused on from a very early stage was what we call natural capital. So that's the likes of forestry, agriculture, land, crops, and so on. That's where we started. Where we are now, we've got a real focus on a niche area of forestry. As it happens, uh, our market happens to be in North America, primarily in the USA, where we survey very large areas of, of wild forests for for those, those owners. What we're doing is reporting to them exactly what's in there. Because they're wild, unlike a lot of forests in Scotland, which are planted or plantation, there's a lack of knowledge about what's actually in some of those forests. So that's what we do. And we use uh, space data for that. And what are your main data sources? I guess satellite, but which companies are you working with? We, do, we don't work with any companies at all. So we're using um, open source data. It's from an okay. uh, EU program called Copernicus. And within that, there are a number of Sentinel satellites, each of which has 
a different purpose and what we call a different payload, payload being what's on board the satellite, usually a, a sensor of one description or another. And, and that is open to all, not just uh, people within Europe or EU, it's, it's global, globally available. So anybody can go and access the data. Fabulous. And as I was saying, you, you have a second hat, which is your role at the Scottish Space Leadership Council. Uh, and I think it's particularly around broadening the use of data beyond traditional boundaries. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Sure, it's, it's an interesting story. It was one of these stories that kind of just developed uh, organically over time. I think there were a number of people back. So around 20, 2016, there were a number of key people in Scotland who were involved in the space industry in one, one extent or another, one part of the space industry, who, who thought, listen, actually, what we've got here in Scotland is something pretty special, actually, in terms of the space industry. And we said, but there's no, there's no coordination around it. There's nobody putting their arms around it and saying, can we, can we act together? Can we promote ourselves better? Not only in the UK, but on a worldwide basis. So that was the genesis of it, was really saying, well, how, what can we do? And it was very much kind of uh, voluntary at that stage, people giving of their time and, and, and trying to put something together that would eventually get to where we are now. We were helped by in this uh, venture by Scottish Enterprise, who gave us sort of the admin and somebody working with us from Scottish Enterprise to, to help put it together and get, get the facilities and so on. So it's taken some time to mature, Michael, but you know where it is now, SSLC, as you refer to it now, really is no longer. That, that's good because it's kind of matured into something called Space Scotland, which is a, a body and a voice, which is now funded by the Scottish government, which speaks on behalf of the Scottish space sector. Fabulous, and we've got a few initiatives going on with space, uh, the, the space cluster, and Christy will tell us a bit more about that later on. Um, but bringing back then what you were saying about space and obviously what FinTech Scotland is about, which is innovation in the financial sector, what's the opportunity for Scotland when we've got Space Scotland, FinTech Scotland, and academia working together? What, what, what do you see as the main opportunity? Okay, let, let me draw back just, just a step from that. So why, why is Scotland unique in the space sector? Primarily because, well, first of all, we don't work in big institutional space with space agencies and European space agencies. And, and our focus is on mostly what we call the small satellite sector. So you probably heard of things like CubeSats, I think, uh -huh. of which Glasgow has a, a very rich heritage and a world leading position. So Scotland is unique for us in that what you've got it's what we call the upstream part, which is the design and manufacture of the satellites, the very much emerging launch sector. So that's the launch vehicles themselves and the launch sites. There's been a lot of noise, a lot of buzz around Prestwick, Sutherland and so on. And then where, where I am and where GSI is and where there's a very robust sector as well is, um, is the what we call downstream. So that's the the data and the analytics, the insight sector. You put those three, four things together in one in one fairly small country as we are in Scotland. You've got a, you've got quite a unique collection of all of those in the one place. And the critical thing, back to your question, is it's all underpinned by a very very strong um, um, and world world renowned academic sector. So if you took the M8 corridor and you look across on the west side, you're talking 
principally Glasgow and Strathclyde universities, bring it across to the East Coast, certainly Edinburgh, which has a reputation in a number of areas, but particularly on the downstream side, on the data science, environmental science side, Eric Watt, and various other areas. And also, that's not exclusive to the M8 corridor. You've got Dundee, St Andrews, Aberdeen as well. But that, that's what's unique about Scotland. And I think, so it's taken us some time to get to, I think it's the, the opportunity for Scotland is saying, right, we've got that. FinTech Scotland, I think, is probably further further down the maturity curve than us. But it's it, the challenge is saying, right, what are your challenges within FinTech? And is there is there a way to explore how space uh, my, the space sector, particularly the downstream sector, may be able to work with you to answer some of those challenges. Fantastic. It's the provision of new data, something that's not available yet to the financial services sector, to the fintechs to develop new services. And you mentioned Forrest earlier, I imagine that some of the case studies will be around that push to net zero from the regulator, but also uh, from a, an operational resilience set of things uh, in 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 Scotland and around the world indeed. And uh, do you have examples or experiences of how the financial services sector or fintech have used your data already or the data available uh, to come up with new solutions? Yeah, absolutely. So well, one, one thing I should say probably from the outside, outset here is you use the word data there. In, 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 the, in our industry, I think data is the common denominator. That's what, you, what we get from, from the satellites, which is brought down to earth and, and disseminated out to various companies like us. So the real value is not in the data per se, but it's what you do with it, and then the analytics and the insights you produce from that. So that, that's key to, to understanding where, where we are in the, the space sector and the, and the supply chain, and how we interact with other sectors like fintech so it's 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 a bit you know it's still quite a young industry really uh, space and earth, earth observation a lot of people i would say they don't know much about it or what they do might be clouded by shall i say you know what the expectation is from a google earth we all use google earth to to look at pictures or maps or whatever but i think that or or you might think it's the Hollywood side of space industry where you've got these wonderful centers doing video recordings of people moving around on the ground. So it's, it's trying to find where, where we can play realistically with these sectors. One of the ones to answer your question, Michael, is, is in that natural capital space around climate. Now, climate is an area that you might expect that certainly from a, what we call institutional space, so that's the likes of the very large space agencies like NASA, European Space Agency, UK Space Agency. That's one of their key areas that their governments fund them to, to look at. So they've been doing that for a number of years in terms of looking at sea surface temperature, ocean salinity, any number of applications on the ground. The question is, and that's great because that's science, that's research, that's understanding, that's informing people about what's going on in the climate from but it's what you do with it once you get to a, a point of commercial value so this is this is where the intersection point is i think between space and and fintech now for you know and you wouldn't be surprised and you probably know 
So what one example I would quote to you that is, is, is quite mature is using satellite data in an agricultural environment to be able to look at exactly what crops are grown where and to be able to verify that and say, is that, is that a true statement that they are growing maize, barley, oats in those areas? But the, the commercial operators here might be saying, wanting to know uh, the yield and predict the yields and predict the timing of harvest. Now that in terms of, shall we say, the, the investment sector is critical information that they can then make investment decisions on and, and make very well informed decisions on when that crop might come to harvest and what the yield actually might look like at any particular point in that harvest cycle. That then is absolutely in, in the zone, in the focus area of, of FinTech. That's exactly what it is. And that's, especially in the markets, in market information for all, all the actors there in, 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 that, in that financial services market. That is the kind of in, information they're after. So they want reliability. They want to be able to verify with confidence what the statements the people are making and that the outcomes. That seems to be a real game changer. And as you were speaking about the, the crops, uh, a few things came up to mind. Obviously, if you can predict or see the quality of crops, uh, then you can look at insuring those, um, those farmers uh, maybe in a different way or lending to them in a very different way um, trying to help them uh, especially in this context now of, of global crisis by providing them new services and new products. That sounds absolutely. very, very yeah, fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. You could extend that further. I mean, that's not a very good example, but you could, back to this verification piece, it, it's really important, especially from the insurance point of view and assurance point of view, that what people are saying to you in terms of, shall we say, insurance claims in, in, in the... Um, and the advent of uh, bad weather, that they, they will make claims against crops in a field that have maybe have been uh, damaged or, or, or completely wiped out in some way. The, the insurers and the assurers want to make sure that what they're claiming is actually a true statement, that a certain crop was in the field at that time, married against what, what the claim is about. Yeah. Now, it, it has happened or has transpired that you know, you get insurance fraud in that because the claim against a more valuable crop that's been damaged or destroyed is what they're claiming for when, when in fact that's not what was in, in, in those particular areas or, 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 was, or was being cropped at the time. Really good. And I guess when we speak about FinTech and Net Zero, we always come up against these uh, People say the lack of data framework and the lack of data sources to to really be able to report on people's real uh, carbon emissions uh, is very easy for any companies to look at their direct suppliers. But when it comes to tracking the entire supply chain, I think that's made now possible by Earth observation because you could track crop from the way it's being the, the place it's being produced all the way to the consumer almost. Correct. Correct, absolutely. So that now, I mean, that we have been able to do that for some time, but now what's happening is they're actually developing specific sensors of, to put onto the satellites so that their one purpose in life is actually to do 
the GHG, the greenhouse gas emissions detection. Yeah. Now this they might it might be methane as as an example that they just focus on the methane emissions. They are then able to report against what those emissions are in a certain specific area or a certain specific site in a certain specific company and factory. They are then able to report against that, and then you can verify against what the company is saying in terms of their emissions report. So that comes back to this critical element of verification. Fantastic. And so just looking in the next few years, obviously there's a lot of development in the space sector, the same. there's a lot of development in the fintech sector. What, what, what excites you just now? What are the things coming down the line that you think that that's going to change the, the, the game and the way we do things? Well, cer cer certainly that. I think that the, the name of the game here is all about the maturity of, of the sector and the acceptance of its, of its data and analytics. It's, it's getting mainstream, but we're on that maturity curve that's perhaps not quite there yet. So it's not about the space data and analytics alone per se. It's when you begin to combine it and fuse it with other data sources and data sets that I think the real power is going to emerge. And I think the other thing that the other trend that's emerging is I've tried not to use too many acronyms so far, but what one is one is key, and this is one certainly that we're involved with is MRV and it's called monitoring, reporting, verification. So in the world that we live and are experiencing around climate change, uh, it's really important to be able to say true or not, and either from a commercial point of view or from a weather point of view, whatever it is, is, is that a true, is, is that happening? That then, I think the trend emerging from that is really our ability to supply data and analytics to ESG reporting eventually. That, that, that's one of the, the key and emerging trends. And now if, if we can get there, and that, that relies on several other factors to work all in concert to make this uh, a reality, is, is about, it's about policy, it's about legislation, it's about um, certification standards and reporting. If, if all that can be pulled together and countries, companies all agree on the way it should be reported, then we are going to make substantial progress against what, what you know, we're all faced with in the world, which is uh, the, the data around climate change and, and being able to verify that. So that will then inform decisions about what it is we have to do and what specific tasking that we have to do to, to mitigate the, the effects of, of climate change. Thank you. And, and maybe one last question, because we've spoken about companies here or institutional investors, but when it comes to the consumer, the citizen in the street, how is that going to change their lives, uh, whether it's in terms of uh, the financials or the way they understand um, the, the, the world around them? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's quite a difficult one, because as I say, I think if you say space to people um, who, who are not involved, the, the immediate kind of idea or impression is something, you know, Hollywood and satellites and, and NASA and International Space Station and, and launches and so on. It's how you, it's how you relate the, the power of that to, as you say, to people's everyday lives. And I think it's, that's part of the education we've got here is to bridge that gap between the reality of, of where we are now in terms of what, what this could do and help improve all our lives. Let, 
let me give you what, one example. So say in terms of supply chain, that space has got a role, very critical role, to be able to, to verify that a product is what it says it is and it's come from where it says it's come from. So think of a package on a supermarket shelf that says this, this product comes from that country and it's been responsibly sourced, et cetera, et cetera. If, if you and I are the consumers going in to, to buy that, how, how, do we, how do we actually know that? You know, it, it's a stamp on a package, it's some writing on a package. How do we actually know that? Well, by space, by monitoring that through the various elements of the supply chain can actually, as I say, prove out or not the case that that product has, has made that journey in a, in a, for example, in a sustainable and responsible way. Really fascinating. So, Kirsty, um, I mentioned earlier that uh, we had a few activities running with Space Scotland. Could you tell us a bit more about what's going to be happening in the next few months? Uh, of course, of course. Um, so Fintech Scotland, in collaboration with Space Scotland, are, are kicking off a programme of work as we move into 2023 um, that will ultimately lead um, to a really exciting cross-sector accelerator event. Um, so in the lead up to that event, what we're trying to do is build intrigue, interest and, and understanding um, through a series of podcasts, of which this is the first blogs and in January next year we're going to host a, a launch event in Glasgow where we're hoping to bring a number of parties together to uh, listen and learn from each other on their experience working across both fintech innovation and space innovation. And I guess the overall objective is to drive some innovation, some collaboration. Absolutely. Um, we know Scotland has got significant experience in, in space tech and space data, um, and it's got huge strength in fintech innovation. Um, so we think there's a massive opportunity here for um, cross-sector innovation and research. It, it could be really exciting. Great. So we'll hear more about that event in due course, right? So people just need to register to our newsletter. Absolutely, absolutely. We'll be we'll be sending out um, invitations and notifications for the January event very shortly. Thank you, Kirsty. Um, that's all we have time for today, unfortunately, Peter. But a massive thank you for you to you for joining us today. Uh, it's been really, really enlightening and uh, really, really interesting. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Michael. You're welcome. And to all our listeners, uh, thank you for listening, and we'll speak to you soon.